The Hand of Brass Episode 12 The Age of Foes Brannock and Desmond rode north in return to the Berenian capital. What is the plan, Sir Brannock? Do you really believe we can make the city ready against an invasion if we only arrive a day or two ahead of them? Without aid from allies, no amount of time will be enough against a force like what you've described. But there is a pathway the Elemendians shouldn't know about. A hidden trail through the Alphalung Mountains called Martin's Pass. It was used in the first war with Almendia by the former Tyrant King's most secret messengers. The path is just wide enough for an unladen horse, never mind an entire fleet of soldiers, war machines, and the like. If we can make it through, it should give us a week's edge on the Elemendians. Though we will have to be vigilant. There's good reason Martin's Pass hasn't been used of late. Reports of strange creatures lurking about the mountainside thereby. Creatures? What sort of creatures? All sorts, according to the reports, but I suspect it's Tatzel Vipers. Tatzel Vipers? You mean the mountain serpents? But I thought those were myth. Every myth has some truth to it. And you want us to simply ride into danger? Well, Desmond, it's a risk we'll have to bear if Berenia is to have any time to prepare against the oncoming threat. After witnessing the horrors of the Frost Witch, Tatzel Vipers don't sound so bad. Brannock smiled grimly, pressing his horse onward toward the Elf Halung Mountains. <laughs> Selene and Natalia entered Alvidia City. Despite its unimaginative name, the city was beautiful. Natalia looked in awe at the breathtaking architecture. The cobblestone streets were filled with marble statues, colorful streamers, and street performers of all kinds. It would seem the duo had arrived during the Festival de Danica, a week-long festival celebrating an Alvidian heroine. Everything is so colorful. I never expected Alvidia to be so festive at a time of war. Elvidia has been a neutral country for a very, very long time. When they last went to war, it was against Boron the Clever, also known as the Sorcerer King. This is actually the reason they are celebrating. Dame Danica Sinclair was a talented soldier who rose through the ranks of the Alvidian army, eventually becoming a general. She led the charge against Boron the Clever, finally settling an ages-old war once and for all. Though it cost her her life, she was immortalized with this festival and went down in the history books as one of the greatest heroes Elvidia ever raised. It is actually quite fascinating. Dame Danica was one of my heroes growing up. A couple of elven children ran by dressed in costumes, a young girl dressed as a knight chasing a boy wearing a cloak and mask with an exaggerated and comical demon face. Tu ne me vaincras jamais! Je suis Boron intelligent! Pour jamais son imité Boron! Moi! Danica Sinclair, je vais vous tuer! Kind of ironic that you became a sorcerer then, huh? Oh, there is so much more to the story than simply sword against sorcery. When we have time, I'll recite it all in much greater detail. Celine and Natalia cantered through the city until they reached the castle gates. They dismounted and approached a pair of halberd-wielding guards. Indiquez vos affaires, madame. Je suis l'ambassadeur de Brenia, Celine Lemay. S'il vous plaît, pouvons-nous continuer dans la langue commune? Mon associé ne parle pas elfique. But of course. Selene Lemen, daughter of Chancellor Luton Lemen, it is a great honor to be your guide this day, uh, so to speak. I trust all is well. I will lead you to the guest house. Come, right this way. The gate opened, and the guard led Selene and Natalia through a courtyard filled with finely trimmed hedges. 
and a large water fountain featuring a carving of Dame Danica Sinclair brandishing a sword and shield and adorned with a winged helm. I have been informed that the king will be ready to see you the day after tomorrow. A day after tomorrow? But the news we bring is urgent. We need to see him now. Natalia, we have to remain calm. Helvidian politics are notoriously slow and tedious. They do not bend to pressures and urgencies. The fact that we are getting an audience at such short notice is almost unheard of. We must take what we can get. Here is the guest house. Should you need anything, do not hesitate to call upon me personally or any of our servants. The guard stood for a moment, clenching his halberd and gazing at Selene, before becoming aware of the protracted silence. He bowed awkwardly and hastily left. That man seemed to take a bit of a shine to you. Uh, no, 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 no. It's all because of my father. He's a very well-respected man. He's the High Chancellor to the King. I hope you don't mind me asking, but why don't you have an elven accent? Uh, the lower and middle class tend to have them. Because of my upbringing, we were strictly taught to never speak that way. Though it's in my upbringing, I've never been much for high society practices. But that one in particular was drilled into us young. I much prefer books and travel over sitting on thrones and holding positions of- Celine stopped, her gaze locked onto a piece of rolled parchment with the wax seal of the House of Lemaine. What is it? Celine stared at the parchment, her stomach dropped to her feet. Should she read it? Her hands trembled as she picked it up and unfurled it. Her heart skipped a beat. It's my father. He wants me to meet them for dinner tomorrow. Brannock and Desmond traversed the narrow path along the mountainside. The sun had gone, and the chill of night hung their breath on the air. Brannock could sense his horse was on edge. Easy there, girl, easy. The worst part is almost done. Brannock looked down the mountainside and saw the valley below. Trees reached far greater heights in the wild forests than he was used to seeing in the Sanctus Mountains. The orc pondered the coming invaders. What evil machinations did Alamendia have? They were forced to be reckoned with the first time around. He could hardly imagine what they had up their sleeves this time. The hair on the back of his neck stood on end. The thought of this frost witch terrified Brennick to the core. He had heard of entire towns vanishing into sudden wastelands of ice and destruction. Those who survived told tales of the supernatural cold that cut right to the bone, desolating a man's will to fight. Orcs being pierced by daggers of ice that dropped from the sky itself. Brannock's thoughts were disrupted by the feeling of a small rumble. He watched as a few pebbles rolled past and lunged for a handhold, but too late. He was caught at the knees by the wave of the landslide. He and Desmond were swept down the mountainside by a massive stone, trees, and dirt. A large rock kicked up and caught Brannock in the back of the head. Everything went dark. When Brannock awoke, his vision was blurred. Desmond and his horse were nowhere to be seen. He shook his head and it cleared a little. He heard a hiss, and it cleared a lot. His vision sharpened and he realized he was surrounded by three enormous serpents.
Hey there, thanks for listening. If you really enjoyed what you heard, leave a rate and review, and keep up to date with us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Hand of Brass. And if you want to support us further, check out our Patreon. You can get exclusive access to bonus footage, behind the scenes, interviews, and more. Thanks again for listening.